Welcome, Welcome to, to Category, Category is. is. I'm Justin. And I'm Maurice. Welcome back for another week. How was your weekend, Maurice? I think I told you I've been car shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm going to be um, buying a new car because I have to commute to work now. So kind of browsing and just looking for something that I can fit in <laughs> and something that's reliable to get me, get me back and forth. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That takes a lot, a lot of work because you have to drive around and then. Yeah, you went to different dealerships. And yeah, stuff. and then you have to like, I didn't test drive anything. I just want to sit in it first <laughs> to see mm-hmm. if I'll fit, and then I'll test drive like down the road. Okay. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. Cool. Cool. Chill. Relaxing. As weekend. always. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. How was yours? My weekend was good. I went to see The Lion King finally <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> okay. Um, actually. I mean, I enjoyed it. I think that, you know, we ended up seeing it in 3D. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, at first it's jarring just because I grew mm-hmm. up with Lion King, the animated classic. Right. And, you know, the animals just were not very expressive. So we feel like I'm not as emotionally tied to them. Yeah. But I think that once you kind of just let that go and accept it for what it is it is a really beautiful movie it's okay. beautifully shot i mean it's just spectacular and you know to look at just visually stunning mm-hmm. um but again it's hard because you know it's shot for shot yeah the, like original. the original yeah so it's hard to like not compare the two uh-huh. when there's little to no difference yeah um i saw not to interrupt but um I was watching TV and I saw this commercial mm-hmm. and I was like, oh wow, this must be for the new Lion King. And then it was like a woman's voice yeah. narrating. I was like, wait, that's not Beyonce. And it was the Lupita Nyong'o. Okay. Um, so Discovery Channel has a, a documentary called Serengeti. Mm-hmm. And so it was like lions and leopards and like all kind of um, jungle animals. I was like, okay, this is the Lion King. And then I was like, oh wait, no, it's not. All right. Yeah. So that comes on um, August 4th. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it was all in all, I really was still entertained. I still enjoyed the movie. Um, it was just a different interpretation. And I think that, you know, millennials, at least people our age, have to kind of release what they knew from the original. Overall, I'll give it like a 7.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which still wasn't great, yeah. right? But I mean, it was still, I was entertained. Okay. Um, but going to the movies in North Philadelphia is just Ooh, a little child get, Somebody get shot? No, this pregnant lady was just about to fight this other lady oh, wow. and her three kids. Mm-hmm. And kids screaming the whole time mm-hmm. at like you know the nine o'clock showing of the movie okay. it's horrible mm-hmm. but yeah then on saturday um you know i just kind of um went to some other podcasts that were part of the podcast festival okay um i went to flashpoint with cherry greg that was really good um you know hung out and reconnected with some friends mm-hmm. i saw one of my good good girlfriends from college she moved down here um back to philly she moved back yeah. yeah so it was good to kind of just connect with her mm-hmm. you know just talk about you know all the you know Things that are happening in life, the good, the bad, the ugly, and just kind of, you know, to have, you know, a real transparent and honest talk mm-hmm. about just life and mm-hmm. all its struggles, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, with someone who's known me for, you know, what, since I was 18, you know, she, she knows me in a way that I don't know myself, and it was just nice to talk with her. And, uh-huh. and then we went shopping after brunch, and we actually ran into Andre 3000. He's been playing that flute all <laughs> throughout Philly. Yeah, it's like people have been all over, you know, uh-huh. Philly taking pictures with him and posting them on the internet. So that was like, did cool. you take a pic? No, you know, I'm not. It didn't happen. I'm not one of those people who's like sprung mm, pics or it didn't happen. 
I'm not one of those people who's like sprung <laughs> over celebrities. I did get a picture of him, mm. but it's like he's minding his you business. Screenshot it though. <laughs> <laughs> he's minding his business. He's shopping in the store. Uh, you know, just leave him alone. Like I smiled and nodded, and that was sufficient. I like mm. he knows that we knew who he was, and I think that you know celebrities appreciate that. No, he wanted that picture because he's posing with people. Like, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be like, no, if people ask kindly. But I just felt like, you know, he probably also appreciated well, some peace. <laughs> Evie Holly says no. Right. Well, <laughs> no one's pressed to take a picture with her. Right. Yeah, but that was about it for my weekend. Mm-hmm. That takes us to our next segment. Yes, what you drinking? What are you drinking tonight? So tonight we're drinking a white sangria. Justin um, brought this to the studio tonight. So in it is vodka... Soaked strawberries and peaches, mm-hmm. or is this nectarine? These are peaches. These are peaches. Oh, okay. And some white wine. Yes, yeah. Pinot Grigio. Just take it easy, though. Yes. <laughs> also add a little bit of simple syrup, yeah. and then just a little bit of you know Sprite for some fizz. A little fizz. It's good. It's a little yes. summer drink. Tasty, refreshing. Mm-hmm. So that takes us to our first category of the week. The category is. Bonnet Chronicles. I know you've heard about this this week. Yes, I did, unfortunately. (laughs) We just can't have shit. (laughs) So this Caucasian woman named Sarah Morantz Lindenberg was interviewed for a magazine, um, fashion magazine, and she claims that she invented the satin bonnet. Like the the satin cap. Yeah. That um, women be wearing to pick their kid up from the school. (laughs) Mm -hmm, That one that one so black women have been wearing this everywhere to the grocery store right pick their kids up you know to the gym (laughs) everywhere and you know they wear it to um like protect their hairstyle as they sleep a lot of women um have those satin pillowcases right also so it's kind of you know it goes in in conjunction with that and so sarah claims that she invented a brand new way to sleep Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, a, a huge claim. She calls it the nightcap, which is a cute name. That's a cute name. I mean, but that's what it is. Yeah. And it's a silk head wrap that you can wear to protect your hair while you catch some Z's. The gag is she's selling these things for $98. A mess. <laughs> well, you can go down to Sally's and you can get it for like four. Mm-hmm. $2 to $4. Yeah. And maybe a, a good one might cost you ten. Maybe, but those would be like the good, good ones. Right. Black Twitter ate her alive. <laughs> it's just another instance of Caucasian people co-opting mm-hmm. and claiming they discovered something Child. that has been around for ages. Right. And it's not like it's just some like ancient Chinese secret. No, no. You know, it's yeah. just like, in fact, I mean. I know that I've read about stories where, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's dress codes at schools now for mm-hmm. when parents drop off their students or their, their kids. Their kids, And, yeah. like, a lot of controversy in the past has been, this, well, like, you one. can't wear your hair bonnet yeah. into the school mm-hmm. because it's, you know, not appropriate or it's not right. presentable. Mm-hmm. And now here, it's just like this white woman goes and creates something that's been around since, like, before Forever. slavery. Yeah. And recreates it mm-hmm. for... You know, to sell to white people who should know better but might not. And it's just like, and and then it's in Forbes magazine and it's heralded as like this invention Mm -hmm. and this groundbreaking design Mm -hmm. when it's like, 
black people have been doing this since the beginning of time. Yeah. It's infuriating. And she got the nerve to be selling it for $98. Right. And you know people are buying it, though. That's the problem. But, like, who is getting gooped? <laughs> you know, like, I want to know how much she paid the black girl and one of that those That one black girl. I was like, girl. To put that on her on. head. I mean, a check is a check. And then the, um, the bow is just hideous. Yeah, it's got this huge, like, bow on it. Ugh. And it just looks, I don't know. It's a mess. Yeah. Black Twitter let her know what's up. Like, girl, you're not mm-hmm. getting away with this today. Well, I wonder what if there's been like an impact on her sales or anything like that. Um, probably not. So did the um, hair bonnet white girl apologize? I mean, she gave one of those like half-hearted apologies because mm-hmm. she was saying that she developed it um, as a way to protect her own hair for her personal use, and you know the the products are locally produced in Canada and is natural fabrics. And then she's saying that. It's a small business, and she didn't know that it was going to grow so quickly. Mm. And then <laughs> she didn't tie it back to the historical um, Cause context. Because she, she knew she was fraudulent from John. Mm-hmm. A mess. Yeah, and she said that she's committed to honoring the historical significance of hair wrapping. And this will be part of their approach going forward. Is she going to um, so come up with some corn? <laughs> no, she's not. Uh, what's she going to do? She can keep selling these $100... Hair bonnets and keep it moving. Yeah. A mess. Anyway. Well, going from Black Twitter being upset with hair bonnets, we're going to Black Twitter being upset with Harriet Tubman. This is so (laughs) infuriating to me. Um, But this past week, there was uh, the theatrical trailer for the Harriet Tubman movie was released. And it set a firestorm across Black Twitter Mm -hmm. uh, because people were upset that the title character will be played by Cynthia Erivo. Uh, she played Seely on The Color Purple on Broadway. She's won Tonys. She's a really, really talented vocalist and actress. Um, she is of Nigerian descent, and she is a British black woman. Mm-hmm. And I, Twitter's, you know, upset because they feel as though that Harriet Tubman is an American or African-American woman Mm -hmm. and that she should be portrayed by an African-American woman who um, can identify with that story Mm -hmm. and that that role should have been reserved for an African-American woman and that Cynthia Erivo is a British black woman playing this role and she has no connection historically or the diaspora to this role and that she thus is um, ineffective to play uh, Harriet Tubman, who's one of the most exalted black figures throughout history. And from an academic perspective, I can kind of see the point of some of these people on Black Twitter. But then I kind of had to, like, call bullshit. Okay, why? Because I just think it's ridiculous. I mean, I think that there's also an element of um, patriarchy within this argument. Mm-hmm. Only because I know that when Daniel Oyelowo played mm-hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King mm-hmm. in Selma, yeah. there was minimal backlash but not to the extent that Cynthia is receiving and they're both Nigerian uh, uh, actors of, of Nigerian descent but they're okay. both British actors mm-hmm. and I just thought that that was interesting to see that the woman was getting a lot of backlash but then I was reading some mm-hmm. of the threads and mm-hmm. it kind of got deeper and saying that like you know she's friends with um who's that girl that writes she used to write the scandal um recaps oh 
Her. Uh, Lovey. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, her and Lovey feel like they're better because they talk about Nigerian excellence and they're so proud to be Nigerian. I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I guess there was some tweet where she was like, oh, I'm going to speak ghetto American. And she was basically mm-hmm. speaking like an Ebonics or mm-hmm. like African-American vernacular English. And it was just like, okay, well, here's like two minor instances. And but you're negating the fact that she's an extremely talented actress. Mm-hmm. This is a major, major role. Not for nothing, I can't think of an American actress who would be skilled enough to play Harriet Tubman. It surely ain't Taraji P. Henson. No, but there's more. But I mean, they could have gotten like a no name, but they, they want to sell this movie. What's her name? Diana? Dana? Dana? Who? The girl from Black Panther. Diana Guerrero? Yeah. She her acting chops are nowhere near <laughs> Cynthia Arrivos. I mean, they really. Get that lady, the one from um, Orange Is the New Black. Crazy Laverne eyes. Cox. No, crazy. Oh eyes. God, uh, Uzo Aduba. Yeah. Again, the acting chops are just not there. I think that you know this. They wanted a really serious actor. She's a Tony Award winner. Mm-hmm. But also, I think that there's this thing in America where, like, I think a British actor gives a certain level of credibility. Potentially, but, uh, but I mean, well, with the his- historical stuff, they usually go for a British um, right. actor, actress, but she's not going to be speaking in a British accent, right? So, right. Yeah. I don't know, but to me, it just seems like a rather silly thing to make a fuss about, and then now people are actually calling for boycotting the film. I just think it's. I think that sometimes what coming up? it's a major motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> this is not no Lifetime movie. This is a major motion picture. But I just feel like, you know, black people, we sometimes, like, get in our way. Because mm-hmm. we're so caught up in, like, perpetuating well, the patriarchy mm-hmm. and the white supremacy that mm-hmm. we're missing the bigger point. Well, at least they got someone of a darker skin tone to play her. It wasn't like they came up with Zoe Saldana. Right. Again. Ugh. She played uh, um, <laughs> Nina, Simone. Nina Simone. A mess. That was horrible. Beyonce was busy. She couldn't take this role. But it's like, really? Folks always have something to say. Well, you can't please everybody. And I think today people look for something to complain about. Especially black Twitter. My thing is, y'all need to be boycotting real shit, not like a movie. Mm -hmm. No, that's another thing. All that passive activism. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of poorly cast films, (laughs) um, let's hop over into the next new hot film that everyone's waiting for with bated breath. Oh, no, man. (laughs) Um... Gossip legend Wendy Williams announced that she will be producing her own biopic. Biopic. Mm, I say biopic. Mm. Uh, I believe that it's going to be released on Lifetime. <laughs> Unlike they are the Harriet. last ones. Who need to be doing a biopic? <laughs> and, that um, Aaliyah one. That Whitney Houston one. Uh, the Aaliyah one was horrible. And that was produced by Wendy Williams. Oh. <laughs> and cast by her. Yes. So she's doing her life story. Oh, no um, you know, I feel like it's okay to do your life story. I mean, Tony Braxton had a lifetime life story that was kind of like okay to watch. She did. You know, I'm a Tony Braxton fan. Um, but I think that, you know, you kind of want to do that when your career's on the downward spiral. Oh, it's done, yeah. Oh, Wendy's is? Yeah. Oh, okay, so maybe then that's all right. <laughs> but it's like, why would she choose to do this film about her? I don't think that she's all that interesting. No. I mean, she is 
she has done a great deal of work within her realm, right, in terms of gossip talk and, and making the transition from radio to now doing television. I mean, she's been doing the Wendy show for over 10 years. That seems it's crazy. It's been 10 years already? Yeah. Um, I remember when it premiered. Yeah, it was still a hot mess. Right. But it's just like, I don't think that now is the best time for her to be doing this film. Well, she's trying to capitalize on the moment. I get that. But I'm I, I, people are also people at the end of the day. And I'm just mm-hmm. worried about her as a person, you know, because like, you know, she doesn't seem to be well. And I feel like she's (laughs) trying to like, like you said, capitalize on the moment and distract from the fact that she's not well, but she's going to do this movie. Um, I'm guessing she's going to cast, you know, somebody who's going to play her. I don't know who the hell would play Wendy. I know who Leslie Jones. (laughs) Stop. They both got them linebacker shoulders. Come on. Stop. But then you have to make Leslie Jones lighter and give her thin hair. They can put a old nasty ratted up wig on her. Oh my god! <laughs> and use some of that KKW body paint. The real question is, who's uh-huh. gonna play Whitney? Because they need to recreate that whole the uh, moment, interview yeah. on the radio. Yeah, I don't know. I just hope that you know she gives us the real deal, especially because she won't. She sits up there every week mm-hmm. and she talks about everybody, everybody else. else. And it's like, girl, your stuff has been on the front page mm-hmm. of all the gossip blogs mm-hmm. and all the papers. Yeah weekly Mm -hmm. you know she's basically she's a hot topic herself now Mm -hmm. and it's just like give us the real tea on the cocaine and the drugs in the relationship with kevin and the demise i don't think she'll why did you really fall out on halloween and dress like the statue (laughs) delivery like give us that real tea you know what i'm saying but i think it's gonna be this like romanticized fluff bs that no one's gonna be here for yeah i'm not Mm. because it's just gonna be it's not gonna be the entire truth and it's not gonna be it's going to try to paint her in the light where she is either the victim of that whole situation with her husband. Right. Or she's just not going to keep it real with the people. And I have a problem with that. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. Right. Don't waste my time. Well, well I won't see it. <laughs> well, you don't have Lifetime? I do, but I won't watch a Wendy Williams movie. I'm going to watch it just so I can talk mm-hmm. shit. No you thanks. Know, I have to be informed. Nah. I'm good. Well, we'll see. Let us know <laughs> when won't. it comes out, Wendy. I won't. All right, now. Well, that wraps up our categories for the week. Let's get into this next segment of the show. Our next segment of the show is going to be our realness topic of the week. This could have been a category, but we decided to make it a realness topic. Mm-hmm. So, Nicole Murphy, who is the ex-wife of Eddie Murphy, and they have like five kids. I don't know how many kids they had, but I know they had a lot. It's like five or six. That's too many. Yeah. Oof. He's got like ten now. He's a couple with like that white woman that he was married to. Mm-hmm. And he has one with Mel B. Oh, really? From oh, that's the Spice right. Girls. That's yeah. right. And I don't know where the other two are Why did I think he had one with Anika Noni Rose? No. I'm just I'm just living that dream girl thing. <laughs> That ain't no party, baby. She's sitting oh. there waiting on a man who ain't coming. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I think he has 10. She has, oh my she God. has five. Yeah. He, well, she has 50% of them kids. Damn. Mm-hmm. They were married for 13 years. Really? Yeah. Well, then, I think most of them are old now, so she's not getting that child support anymore. Mm-mm. Well, sorry, girl. She's on to her next move. <laughs> I guess she is. <laughs> and she is stealing people's husbands left Aww. and right. So it came up about because she was in Italy with a director named Antoine Fuqua. Yes. And they were like, "What has he directed?" Oh, that's a good question. I think he—he he, no, he directed that one film with Denzel Washington, Training Day. I know he directed Training Day. 
I want to say he directed Antoine Fisher, but I think I'm just confusing his name with Antoine. Probably. Yeah, he directed Training Day, um, Olympus Has Fallen. Did you see that? No. It was good, actually. Did that have Denzel Washington? No, it had, like, Jamie Foxx. Not Jamie Foxx. That was the other one. It had Morgan Freeman. Okay. Yeah. And then The Equalizer, which was, like... It's one of those like shoot 'em up movies that mm. people like, but I didn't. I didn't really like it. But he also did vi- uh, music videos. Okay, hi Williams. <laughs> Basically, he did videos for like Shantae Moore, Usher. Shantae's got a man at home. Lil Wayne, Arrested Development. It's seven o'clock on the dot. I'm in my drop top. Cruising the scene. <laughs> yeah. Usher mm. <laughs> need to be cruising it down to that. Ooh, clinic. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, Antoine and Nicole were in Italy, and they were, like, hugged up and kissing and, like, at the pool and, like, getting breakfast and, like, in their robes, doing, like, these really, like, intimate poses. Mm -hmm. And initially she said that they are just family friends and that they've known each other forever, and they were just saying hello. I'm like, I used to say hello with your tongue down somebody's mouth. Yeah. I mean, that that that's, was an embrace. Yeah, that's a lot. That was a, 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 a very familiar hello. Yeah. And then, I didn't know he was married to Layla Rashawn. Is it Layla or Leela? I say Layla. Oh, okay. But it's probably Leela. Yeah. It's, I know she's from Waiting to Exhale. That's, I mean, I recognized her face. Mm-hmm. And that's not me being, like, rude about her body image or anything like Don't that. Do that. I'm not doing that at all. I'm just saying I didn't know who she was. Because everyone was like, oh, she's this famous actress. Mm-hmm. And they showed the picture of who she was. I'm like, I don't, mm-hmm. I've never seen her or nothing. But, um, I mean, that's neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is that that's her husband of over 20 years. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that that's just... I know that she deleted her social media. Yeah, because it was just too much. Like, you know how people do these Yeah, days. they just, like, troll you. Yeah. So yeah. that's sad. And that's humiliating and embarrassing. Well, it is. It is. I mean, I just... They were, like... Because if you compare the two, like, you see Nicole Murphy. Like, she... <laughs> She's bad. Snatched. Like, yeah, she had them five kids, but she had some good work done. She got that tummy tucked together. She did work out a lot as well, though. She had some help, I'm sure, along yeah, the way, because ain't no coming back from no, five kids. No, but and, yeah, like and they that. know and she's 51. Yeah. There's no way your breasts sit that high yeah. at 51. Yeah. It's just, I mean, there's gravity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she is bad. I mean, I'm not attracted to women, but if I was attracted to a woman, it would be Nicole Murphy and okay. Sierra. <laughs> I mean, they're both kind of like harder women. But again, I think that they are just like the sexiest women ever. Mess. And so they were like fat shaming Layla because they were like, oh, I see why your man, you know, was with Nicole. That brings us to our realness topic of okay. the week. And so the question is, is it ever okay to comment on someone else's relationship? Hmm. I would say it depends on what the comment is about, right? Okay. Uh, because... I don't believe that it depends on who that someone is to you, right? Mm-hmm. If that someone is of no consequence, they're like an acquaintance or mm-hmm. um, a coworker or just someone that you're not emotionally invested in, it is never okay to comment on their relationship. Mm-hmm. Because the fact of the matter is, is that the relationship that two people have is between them and 
it's not for you, especially to comment unsolicited. Now, if someone's talking to you about their relationship, I think it is unfair. You know, if they're venting to you about the problems mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, troubles, mm-hmm. I think it's unfair for them not to expect the person that they've just been talking to to provide feedback. Okay. But even I kind of like, I'll just be a listening ear. I really don't provide feedback unless mm-hmm. it's requested because people are really protective of their relationships, especially the romantic ones, and they're very sensitive topics mm-hmm. that you don't have all the information to. Like, even if your good Judy is telling you about stuff that's going on with her and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. know that you're only getting half the story, right? Well, a but, third. A th- right, a third. Like, his, hers, and, and the, the truth. Or, <laughs> the truth. Or, yeah. You know, theirs, theirs, and the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but you still want to support your friends. So you're going to have your friend's side, but also you might want to check mm-hmm. them. I, I personally don't comment on people's relationships unless I feel as though, A, their relationship is a danger to themselves or to someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's related to like physical, verbal, emotional, financial abuse. Okay. Because now I feel like I'm, I got to interject myself mm-hmm. into that. If you're being abused and I'm your friend, I care about your well-being, I'm going to say what I need to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I will offer my opinion about a relationship. Mm-hmm. The second time I'll offer my opinion is when someone is talking to me about their relationship and they specifically ask. Okay. But other than that, I don't offer my opinion about other people's relationships because it's none of my business. What about you, Maurice? Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Because you're messy. I'm not messy and I keep it real. Like you said, yeah, if it's someone that you care about that they ask your opinion, okay. But a lot of times they're not going to ask your opinion because they already know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they will reject your opinion. Right. And so with me, I'm always going to keep it real. If mm-hmm. I see that you're being being treated a certain way, I'm going to voice my opinion. If I see that, you know, you have trepidation and you have all kinds of concerns going on, I'm going to let you know. So I'm going to keep it real. Like if I don't see it for it, y'all, I'm going to tell you. So it's not your place. But... That person is my friend. Right. And I want them to be happy. Mm-hmm. And if I see they're not happy, then I'm going to let them know. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you need that mirror turned on you. Right. So that you can objectively see like what's going on. Okay. I don't ever want to overstep my boundary. And even within all friendships, I mean, boundaries are healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And again, like I said earlier, even if you're my really, really good friend, mm-hmm. and you might not even t- be talking to me about your relationship drama or mm-hmm. things that are happening, but I just kind of see that, like, you're not yourself. You know, do you, like, investigate other reasons that might that, that might be? Like, or do you just, just surmise that it's because of the relationship? Or, like, are you providing this feedback after they talk about their relationship? relationship specifically or is it only based upon your observations i'm very perspicacious and i can what does that mean (laughs) i play i pay close attention to detail okay and i'm very observant also Mm -hmm. and i'm also very intuitive okay as well and i can sense feel observe that something's not right right especially if we've been friends for like a really long time Mm -hmm. and if i can gather that you don't present yourself as being happy. Mm-hmm. Well, I take that back because people present as being happy all right, the time. Right. But beneath that surface level, if I know 
and I can look at you and tell that you're not happy, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. Right. I'm going to say what I surmise to be mm-hmm. to be true. But do you believe that that's necessary in all cases? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You don't feel like you're ever like stepping over a boundary? No. Okay. I don't because I feel like at the end of the day, I want my friend to be happy. Mm-hmm. And if they, you know, voice their concerns or if you only hear the negative things mm-hmm. or if you just can look at them and tell that they're not happy, then I'm going to say it. Right. And I'm not going to, you know. But is that helpful? Well, yes. To whom? And no. Okay. Yes, it is helpful in the sense that I always keep it real. Like, if they break up, you know, months, years down the road, they can never can never go back and say, "Well, why didn't you tell me mm-hmm. that you thought I was in a bad relationship, mm-hmm. or why can't why didn't you tell me you thought this wasn't the right person for me?" Because I kept it real with you two years ago, two months ago, two weeks ago. That's a good thing. All right. It's not a good thing because they might not be in the space to receive it. Right. Relationships are very personal. Like you said, like we don't know what's going on between those two people. We don't know how that person makes the other one feel. But they might not be in that space to receive, you know, the information that, hey, my friend doesn't, my friend thinks badly of this person that I'm with. And so you run the risk of, you know, them kind of. Right. I mean, do you th- but again, you I think or... that that's a little presumptuous to think badly of the person that they're with, right? Because again, you only see the way that your friend presents in that one light, and it's like, are you? Pro- you're not really providing an objective view. But again, mm, it doesn't matter no. to you because that's your friend, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. I think it's. I, I think I take a different approach in that you know what, I trust my friends to navigate their lives mm-hmm. without you know my input. Mm-hmm. Um, so long as, again, that kind of benchmark or bright line for me is so long as it's not a danger to themselves or to other people. No. And, you know, if they ask me, now I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. But I don't really offer up my opinions on their relationship or their significant others unsolicited because, you know, that there's a boundary there. And I respect that boundary even with my best, best friends. And... Again, it's, I don't just offer that up. But if, you should, though, because I, I think that... I think that people if you're are different. It depends on the nature no, of your if friendship. You're, if you're a good friend, if you're a great friend, if that mm-hmm. is your best friend, BFF forever, you'll be honest with them about your opinion. So if you... But my opinion is... If you asked your friend... Formed. If you asked your friend, hey, what do you think of this person? Mm-hmm. And they give you some news that you're not ready to receive. Yeah. How, what, what, what happens then? it's going to alter the dynamic of the friendship, right? Because that friend, that they have, what are their, what is their motive? What is their experience? What was their thought process? Where are they emotionally within themselves? You know, and, you know, not everyone, and I think you also have to think about who the friend is, how long you've been friends, what you've been mm-hmm. through together, because a lot of people have friends out there who really just don't want to see them happy, who don't want what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And they feel better when they're around friends who are, you know, Unhappy and life is bleak because that makes them feel better. You really need to take inventory of the kind of people that you're considering advice from. Don't accept criticism from someone you would not go to for advice. Right. But this is your BFF. If you can't objectively receive their opinion, then maybe you aren't as close to them as you think. 
or maybe th- you, they are telling you the truth. They're telling you something you don't want to hear. hear. And but trust that they have the tools and the wherewithal to navigate that, and that don't always have that. But but trust that they'll get to that point. Mm. So that takes us to our next segment. It's time for I said what I said. So my I said what I said for this week is going to all the cyclists out there. So this weekend was the Tour de France, which is, you know, the, the bike race in, um, that they have every year. And so shout out to Egan Bernal Gomez, who is from Colombia. And he's actually the first Latin American winner of the Tour de France. So shout out to you. Um, <laughs> but my, I said what I said, is that I hate the cyclists the people on the bikes in the city because they are just everywhere and they have no regard for like automotive traffic. And so, you know, the city spent a lot of money um, developing those bike lanes and, you know, putting those bike trails all throughout the city to give the cyclists, you know, like their own lanes so it can kind of reduce um, accidents and like reduce congestion. Mm -hmm. But these people disregard that so much these days. Like, they just w- swerve in and out of traffic. Like, they make their own lane. They're driving down, riding down the um, the street when there's, like, a bike lane right there. <laughs> I have my bike, but I don't ride it, like, through the city. Right. I so only, scary. Yeah. Like, I have my helmet, but I would never ride, like, through the streets of Philly. So... I only ride on, like, the river trail. By the art museum? Yeah, by the right. art museum. And it goes all the way down, like, past, like, South Street or whatever. But, um, and then it goes all the way up. You can ride it, actually, all the way to Valley Forge. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. How far is that? Too far. Stay in your bike lane. <laughs> Get on the sidewalk. Like, y'all need to move out the way. Right. You can't be running through the traffic stop like that. You just keep it moving, or I'm going to run over you. And I said what I said. All right, now. All right, well, my I said what I said goes out to change.org and all those people trying to move Halloween. This Mm -hmm. is some bullshit. So change.org just got 63,000 signatures as of Thursday. I think they're almost close to actually 75,000 at this point, where people are petitioning to have Halloween move from the last day of October, October 31st, Mm -hmm. to the last Saturday in October. Mm -mm, That's gay Halloween. I know, right? A lot of people don't know. Like that's like the official night yeah. when the gays go out, yeah. dress slutty mm-hmm. in whatever you know hoochie outfit they can find, and have fun at the bars and at the parties and mm-hmm. stuff. The last Saturday, don't try we, to ruin our night, right? We got jobs. We can't be going out <laughs> on like you know Sunday right. or the actual Halloween Tuesday night. Tuesday night, you know. But they're saying that people. The reason for people signing this petition is that they say it will make for a safer, longer, and stress free. Halloween celebration. Mm-hmm. Fuck them kids. They're not my kids. My thing is, is you know, how long are kids even really trick or treating? Let's be honest. Right. You know, do you need a whole Saturday to trick or treat? No. no. I just think it's raggedy ass parents who <laughs> a are not prepared and haven't gotten yeah. the costume finalized mm-hmm. and yeah. are running through the costume store last minute getting whatever's on clearance. They're at CVS. <laughs> right. B. You know, they're just not prepared you know mm-hmm. they, they don't want to have to come home from a long day of work which i get and then spend an hour or two trick-or-treating with the kid yeah. and then it gets dark mm-hmm. i guess but my thing is is you're with your parents it's not like they're running the streets and it's not like you know mm-hmm. 
that you know they won't be safe. Yeah. They're usually accompanied by an adult, an adult. or someone. Well, um, hopefully <laughs> they, should be. they should be. Well, sometimes teenagers go trick or treating and Ooh, stuff, no and way. they're not. And again, does it need to be longer? I think that if it, Halloween does fall on a weekday, mm-hmm. kids are only trying to walk about. You know, kids that should be trick or treating. Because yeah. I think trick or treating just stop around like ten or twelve. Honestly, it goes that late. No, I'm saying 10 or 12 years old. Oh, oh. I guess, okay, yeah, yeah, not 10 or 12 p.m., <laughs> okay. no. I'm saying by 10 or 12 years old, uh-huh. you should not be trick-or-treating anymore. Oh, well. And the thing is, this, you can only do about an hour or two anyway. How much candy do these kids really need? Yeah. Are people going to be giving out more candy? No. No. And if it does move to the last Saturday, which it should not, and I will march on Washington if it does, you know, it's just people are not going to actually trick-or-treat for longer. It's not going to make mm-hmm. any additional impact. And then it's going to make the fun of the 31st, the last day yeah. of October, yeah. so lame. I just yeah. think that people have gotten so lazy and that this is just BS, and I said what I said. Did you trick-or-treat going up, growing up? I did. You did? Halloween's one of my favorite holidays. Um, we didn't because... So my brothers and I are really tall, mm-hmm. and... I think the last time I went trick or treating, I was like seven. Oh, but I was probably like the height of like a twelve-year-old. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> and so we went to this um, this family's house, and they wouldn't give us any candy because <laughs> they're too damn old. Like, you too old to be out here. You taking right. this candy from these kids, and then so we just stopped going. <sighs> and then you know it started getting like dangerous and stuff anyway. So right. My mom would like buy us like candy, and we would sit home and watch movies. Aww. And then we moved out to the country. And nobody was coming out there. Oh, it was too dark, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, I remember, I mean, Halloween was always a big thing for uh-huh. us. And I remember I always took pride in it because we never had store-bought costumes. We always mm-hmm. went to, like, thrift stores. And part of the fun mm-hmm. of Halloween was that we would create our own costume. So you we, had that sheet with the well, no. I mean, no, we weren't anything, like, as basic as a ghost. case. But we had, like, really nice, elaborate costumes. But yeah. it was fun to have, like, a creative outlet. And then for the month of October, you come home and you work on your costume every day after school a little bit. Mm-hmm. And to kind of wear your own creation was super, super fun. And it was always impressive because your costume, A, was unique. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that you put a lot of love and focus into it. And people would be impressed when you went to their door. So, yeah, I remember, like, there was one year when um i think it was around 9 11 unfortunately and like there was lots of like anthrax scares and you know i think trick-or-treat was canceled that year and we were kind of sad but then my mom threw a big party for us we had cake and pizza and a whole Mm. bunch of candy and we did scary movies and stuff at the house and that was like one of the best halloweens (laughs) ever Mm. because we had so much candy and we didn't have to walk door to door and work for it so i remember that from my childhood that was so nice okay all right, so it's time for tens, tens, tens across the board. My tens this week is going to the country of Ethiopia and their National Green Legacy Initiative. So Ethiopia planted 350 million trees in a single day. They wanted to help tackle the climate crisis, and they pledged to grow 4 billion trees in the country um, by the summer. And so... They're encouraging every citizen to plant at least 40 seedlings throughout the country. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So they, you know, Ethiopia has been um, having like drought and all kinds of issues going on. So their Minister of Innovation and Technology, Dr. Uh, uh, Makuria, estimated that they actually planted up to 350 million trees that day the previous record was held by india in 2016 and they 
planted 50 million trees in one day. So it's good that they are, you know, trying to bring about change and affect the climate crisis. That's beautiful, Ethiopia. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, my 10 this week goes out to a country or... um, territory mm-hmm. or in its people in Puerto Rico um, I'm not sure if a lot of people know about what's been happening in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. but the governor Rosello is that how you say it Rosello um, um, Ricardo yes okay. he uh, was the governor of Puerto Rico and he had um, a whole bunch of texts were given out or exposed to the media and published wherein he had homophobic comments about Ricky Martin where he said that he wanted to shoot the San Juan mayor Carmen Yulín Cruz Mm -hmm. and he also had lots of disparaging negative comments about um, victims and dead people or Mm -hmm. people who died in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria and these were just reprehensible comments given by the leader of the country Mm -hmm. and I think that it is really this trickle-down effect of how indifferent and how negative um, our leaders can be, i.e. that person in the White House. And it is just so, so negative Mm -hmm. and hurtful that you're supposed to be leading these people, but then you talk negatively and speak negatively of us and your true view of us as if, you know, you are not one of us. And I was really happy and proud giving my tens to speak to the people of Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. They had over um, half a million people take to the streets. They took it to the streets. And um, the governor of Puerto mm-hmm. Rico stepped down after this, you know, strong backlash. Mm-hmm. There was lots of images of, Puerto, of, of Ricky Martin on this truck yeah, waving the, the, ga- the, the flag. Yeah, the gay the flag. flag. And I just thought it was a really, really beautiful... He didn't have the brown stripe and the black stripe. He didn't. And I noticed that the flag was upside down. <laughs> the purple stri- flag was at the... Stripe was at the top well, with the red at the bottom. He's living La Vida Loca. Right, yeah. right. But um, I just think it was a really beautiful act and it still showed me that I have belief in actual true protest. And I think that we here in the... Uh, the contiguous United States mm-hmm. could take uh, some notes from the people of Puerto Rico. Arriba. All right, but that's my tense for the week. All right. All right, guys, thanks for joining us for another week. Before we go, I did want to send a special shout out to my friend Mark in Toronto, Canada. He experienced a loss this week after providing 17 years of love, hugs, and companionship, and lots of memories. Um, So I just wanted to let him know that I'm thinking of him, and a donation has been made in Maya's memory to the ASPCA. So please, everyone, go out, hug your fur babies, and give them lots of love and affection this week. Also, we did want to remind you that the podcast awards nominations and voting is still open we have until the end of the day on today (laughs) july 31st be sure to go to podcastawards.com you can vote for category is in the lgbt category as well as the overall people's choice category so be sure to go to podcastawards.com and vote for category is yes and don't forget to like rate and subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcast you can get category is on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher soundcloud and spotify send us an email a shout out a listener letter our email address is category is pod at gmail.com and don't forget to like us on all things social media you can follow us at category is pod on facebook instagram and twitter all right thanks for joining us and we will see, see you, you next, next week. week bye